this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I told you to go to Romans 8. Now, every one of us, guys, we, we go through tough seasons in our life. And what I found out about seasons of life, you're either coming out of one, you're in the middle of one, or you're going to be heading into one. That's just the cycle of life. And what I mean by tough seasons, it could be said our personal Goliaths. Now, who we are in Christ will be revealed by what happens in these tough seasons. When I'm going through something, do I look to Jesus? Because this is the key. Now, this passage of Scripture here in Romans 8, we're going to start from verse 31. Paul begins by asking these five questions. Uh, Verse 31, let's begin. What then shall we say to these things? Now, it's interesting right here. He, he says, or he gives us this question right here. He says, what shall we say to these things? So there's going to be things that are going to show up in life, and it, it, it's all represented even by what we say to them. What am I speaking to the things of my life? And he goes on to say, if God be for us, then who can be against us? Now, I like to say it this way. If God's for me, everybody else might as well be. When we got God on your side, I mean, even like King David with what I shared earlier, it didn't matter when all his men turned on him. When God's for you, everybody else might as well be. He goes on to say in verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Thank God right there that he delivered Jesus up For us all. Once again, in Webster's, the word or the definition of all is still all. That means every one of us. And he goes on to say the last part of verse 32. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect, God's chosen, God's royal priesthood, God's special people? What does he go on to say? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So he tells us some nuggets right there. He said Christ died for us. Christ rose from us. He's seated at the right hand of God right now. And guess what he's doing? Not up there playing bingo. He's making intercession for me and you. What a promise. I I hold on to that thought right there. Jesus is praying for me. He's praying for you. He goes on to say right there in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, right here, when he talks about this, the Apostle Paul, he lists seven obstacles or seven barriers that are still relevant to this day that will try to separate me and you from the love of God. These seven things will try to knock you out of the love of God. Now, look what he goes on to say. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, that's trouble. The second thing, distress, hard time or calamity. Shall it separate us from the love of God? Persecution, which is hatred. Famine or nakedness. You know what that means? You just don't have enough. The next one he says, peril or sore, danger or sore. That's physical danger that that is threatened to harm you. So he tells us these seven things. And the the goal of every one of those is to separate me and you from the love of God. Can that happen? 
Well, it depends. Depends on what? If I allow them to define my life, if I allow these to dictate what happens in my life, this can happen. Keep reading with me. Verse 36, as it is written, for your sake, we are all killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now listen to what he says. Yet in all these things, what things? The seven things that he just referred to. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. How? Through him who loved us. Now I said a minute ago, well, it all depends. The first one was, if we allow these to dictate our life. The second one is what the Lord said right there or to the Apostle Paul at the end of verse 37. He said, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors in these various challenge through Christ Jesus. The last part there, guys, is what depends. Do I understand who I am in Christ Jesus? If I understand who I am in Christ Jesus... I'm more than a conqueror in all these things. So this tells me these things are going to try to separate us from the love of God. You know what the Greek word for conqueror is? Victor, an overcomer. Well, that's who we can be. Every one of us in this room, but the major point is in here, is I've got to know who I am through Christ Jesus. Do you see yourself as a conqueror? Do you see yourself as a victor? Do you see yourself as an overcomer? Maybe you don't. But I believe through the scriptures today you can get where you can say, that's who I am. Now go with me into the Old Testament, the book of Judges, chapter 7. Right after Joshua is Judges. And if you've gone to Ruth, you've gone too far. Back up just a little bit. If you've gone to 1 Samuel, you've gone too far. Judges, chapter 7. Now this is a passage of a man named Gideon. We talked about this several weeks ago. Now, one day this guy named Gideon is working in the wine press, and the Lord sends this angel to him, and the Lord says to Gideon, You mighty man of valor. Now, when this angel says this to Gideon, everything in the natural in Gideon's life said otherwise. In other words, when the angel said, You mighty man of valor, it didn't look that way at all. In Romans 4, 17... It said that God calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Now, he did that through a man named Abraham. When Abraham's name was Abram, he said to him, You will be called Abram, Abraham, what meant the father of many nations. When God spoke that over Abraham, it didn't look like that at all in the natural. When God speaks this over Gideon right here, it doesn't look like that at all in the natural. But what you find out in, with God... Over and over in the scriptures, God speaks to people's potential by faith. God speaks to people's potential by faith. He spoke that over Abraham. He spoke that over Gideon. And he speaks things over me and you. So no matter what it looks like in the natural, if I'll begin to say about myself what God says about me, there'll become a change. Things will begin to happen. Ultimately, Abraham had to believe those things that God said about him. So did Gideon. But so do you and me. Now, a lot of times, guess what we do? 
we allow the things in our life to identify us instead of Father God, what God says. The key is I get back over and I start saying, this is who God says I am. Now, start with me in in Judges chapter 7. And let's just begin there in verse number 1. And it says, then Jeroboam, which is Gideon, or that is Gideon. Now, here it is again that there's another guy's name in the Bible other than what his name was. And he called him here Jeroboam. What this meant, guys, is when God spoke to Gideon that you're a mighty man of valor, Gideon began to go around the nation and he began to tear down all the altars of the Baals. He began to pull them down. So when this happened here, they renamed him Jeroboam. That word Jeroboam means that if the Baals had any power at all, they would be persistent against him. They were mad at him. But God said to him, you mighty man of valor. Now keep reading with me. And all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moriah in the valley. Now God had told Gideon, I want you to go attack the Midianites. That's what he's talking about here. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. So what the Lord is telling Gideon here, he said, you got too many men. If I send you to fight the Midianites right now, the army of Israel will say, we did this through our own power and our strength. In other words, they got very prideful. Meaning, we can do this without God's help. Verse 3. Now therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. Now, think just here for a minute. God has told this man, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Now God says to him, you got too many men, and ultimately, these 22,000 guys, their hearts really weren't for the things of God. So when God gets rid of two-thirds of his army, can you imagine what the mighty man of valor thought? What are you doing, God? You're running all my troops away. But once again, I I think even in this passage, guys, we've got to understand this. In any arena in life, just because you have large numbers, that doesn't mean you're healthy. That has nothing to do with it, okay? So guess what God does? God prunes his army. So he goes from 32,000 down to 10,000. Verse 4, but the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Now you can imagine what Gideon's thinking, God, what are you doing to me? So he goes on, bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. And look what God said. God said, I'm going to put them through a test. And you know what the test was to reveal? Who's really all in? Who's really all before me? So he said, I will test them for you. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you, and whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. 
Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. So God's telling him, I'm going to test them in this area. And there's going to be two, two types of people here. Ones that will lap the water like a dog, and there's going to be ones that will get down on their knees. Now this is very significant because what the Bible talks over and over through here, it says that the ones that would get down and they would lap water like a dog, it meant they were very disciplined and they were very observant. You know what they'd look like? They would keep their heads up while they were drinking. Keep their heads up. They were very observant of the surrounding, the things surrounded about them. The other ones, guys, this would what they would look like. They would just bow down so they never knew when anybody was sneaking up on them. The biggest thing that I found in Jewish custom in this, it said that those ones that would get down on their knees, it revealed that this had been what they had been doing as they worshipped the Baals. They were false worshipers of false gods, guys, what they were doing. And so God was saying, we're fixing to divide, and we're going to show this is who's really in, and this is really who's out. Now, it came from a test. Remember back in, in Romans eight thirty seven, we said there, yet in all these things, I believe they were going through some things right here to show who's in and who's out. I personally believe this, guys, that the, the closer we get to the second coming of Christ, the more you're going to see things like this happen. I really believe this, guys. You're going to find out who's all in and who's not. So he's separating them. Now we pick up in verse 6. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all of the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. You know what that means? The 9,700 got down on their knees to drink water. Verse 7. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you. Now can you imagine here the mighty man of valor, he's, he's, he's getting to see firsthand all this that's taken place. And he, he had doubted within himself that he's a mighty man of valor. Remember, when, when the Lord spoke that over him, he said, No, I'm the least in my father's clan, and we're the weakest. Now, God takes his army from 32,000 to 300. But if you'll notice in that verse right there, verse 7, the Lord said, I will save you. In other words, Gideon, you're going to have to trust me. Even me and you got to get to that point in our lives where we say, when Father God says this about us, I got to grab on it. I got to get a hold of it. No matter what the odds are, no matter what it looks like in the natural. Verse 16 of that same chapter. Then Gideon divided the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, even you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him 
came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. Now, you can stop right there just for a minute. They had three watches. This was in the beginning of the middle watch. I want you to think about it here for a second. The new guards have just taken their post. The other soldiers have just gone to bed. And so what God does, he said, we're going we're to divide you up into three groups. A hundred of you are going to come in this way, a hundred of you this way, and a hundred this way. He was going to make it where it looked like his massive army had him surrounded. And so he says to this, when I say blow those trumpets and shout, you begin to blow those trumpets and shout. Now, think about this just for a minute. If it's in the middle of the night and this happened around your house, what would you think? You would think, we're surrounded, we're in trouble, even though there was only 300 of them. And this was God's advice to him. Keep reading. Verse 20. Then the three companies blew the trumpet and they broke the pitchers. They had, they, they had approached them undetected is what they had done. And Ed, where are we at here? Verse 20. We broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left and, and the trumpet in the right hand for blowing. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And every man stood in the place all around the camp and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpet, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion. So what happens here ultimately the Midianites are, are so afraid, they either flee or they turn on themselves. There was great victory for Gideon. But I want to take you back into the, the very first part of the scripture there. When God said to him, you mighty man of valor. Everything in the natural didn't look that way. It looked completely the opposite. But here is a man that began to grab a hold of what God said about him. And look what ultimately happened. I believe that's the same for me and you. When I start getting a hold of the Word of God. See, the Bible says over and over, especially in John 16, In this world, you're going to have trouble. He didn't say we're going to be trouble free. We're going to have trouble. But yet in all these things, we can be more than conquerors. Have you ever thought about this to be more than a conqueror? you got to conquer something. To be an overcomer, you're going to have to overcome something. Now go with me to the book of Revelations, chapter number 12. Revelations, chapter 12. The key to all this, guys, is start allowing God to define who you are. Start believing that. And, and I believe just as God called those things that be not as though they were, I believe that's very important for me to, you, to do. Get out of your mind and your mouth, I can't. I can't do that. I can't be that. In, in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ. Part of this, guys, is i got to get my mind and my mouth in line with the Word of God. And I start thinking in line with the Word of God, and I start speaking in line with the Word of God on a daily basis. Start speaking over yourself who you are, who God says you are. Revelations 12, begin with me in verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice, not a quiet voice, but a loud voice saying in the heaven, Now, 
salvation and strength and the kingdom or dominion of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of believers, look what he's done, who has accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Now, who do you think the accuser of the brethren is? That's the devil. And if we read this, it's almost like in a, in a court, a courtroom, where it says day and night the devil comes before God and he accuses us. He has accusations against me and you. He has charges against me and you. And you know what he says to Father God? They've, they've failed. They've lied. They've sinned. They've cheated. They've fallen short of, our glo- my, of your glory. And so day and night, get this, guys, he's coming before Father God. Now, how does Father God solve the issue? Verse 11, and they, who's they? The brethren overcame. Who'd they overcome? Him, the devil. How? By the blood of the Lamb. So day and night, day and night, the devil strolls into the courtroom. And he will speak specifically about me and you. And he may say, Bob Worth has done this and he's done that. And Donna Hodge has done this and she's done that. And Father God's sitting there listening in the courtroom. And guess what Jesus does? He lifts up his shirt. And he shows the scars on his back. And the handprints. And the blood of Jesus satisfies all the charges. And you know what Father God's able to say to the accuser of brethren? On behalf of you and me, the brethren, innocent because of the blood of Jesus. Now this must become my idea again, guys, that I learned to live under the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament times, they would have to sacrifice a lamb. That lamb would cover all the charges against them. The problem with sacrificing that lamb, they had to do it over and over and over and over. Jesus' blood satisfies all the charges for me and you once and for all. Now here's the key. I've got to come under the blood daily. Just as they sacrifice day after day, you keep coming under the blood. How does that look? I believe when the old, the old time uh, disciples, the old time believers, they would call it pleading the blood of Jesus. And that's what they'd say. I plead the blood of Jesus over me today. I plead or I speak the blood over my tongue, my mind, my emotions, my thoughts. my end. And so guess what happens? Day by day by day, I keep coming under the blood. And every time I come under the blood, it washes everything. So when the devil comes in the courtroom and says, they did this and this and this and this, Father God says, oh, no, no, no. They're under the blood. They're under the blood. Listen, guys, he paid for every one of us once and for all. You start identifying your life through the blood. And what does the blood say? I'm an overcomer. Not because of anything I've done except I've received Jesus and daily I speak the blood. I believe the strongest thing we can do on a daily basis, speak the blood over your life. 
Speak the blood over your marriage. Speak the blood over your children. Just daily, daily. Let me tell you, I get into situations in my life and I know I've blown it. And some of you say, you still blow it as a pastor? Yeah, once or twice an hour. I still got a flesh and sometimes I say stuff I shouldn't. And sometimes I get upset and, and do things I shouldn't. And so guess what? The, 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 the accuser of the brethren, he comes in and he says to Father God, he says, that knucklehead pastor you have there in Lubbock, he did this and this and this today. And you know what Father God's able to say? Yeah, but he came back under the blood today too. And in my eyes, he's forgiven and he's cleansed. And so if the word of God says, I overcome by the blood of the lamb, I need to start walking in that. Woo, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And look what he says next. And they overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word. Now get that, of their testimony. Of the word of their testimony. You know what that testimony means? My declaration of faith that I've made. Your testimony is your story. And you know what your story says? This is who I used to be, but this is who I am now because of the blood of Jesus. Now what ultimately happens is you'll have people will verify that in your life. They'll say, I remember when you were this way, but now you're this way. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I believe the word of our testimony has to be a continuous declaration of Jesus in my life. I'm a son of God. I'm an heir. I'm a child of the living God. Once again, I take you back to what I had you do a few weeks ago where you're able to look at yourself because of Jesus and his blood and say, oh, God loves me. Oh, how he loves me. And then you're able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I love myself. Not haughtily or arrogantly. And ultimately, guess what? My testimony says, Ooh, I've been so blessed in my life, I can now love other people. God wants our identity to change. And he says there at the last part of verse 11, And they did not love their lives to the death. This means we've got to get to the place where I love the Lord more than I love life. Where I look and say, he's first place in me today. He's first place with me. No matter what else goes on. You know, I had a guy, and some of you have heard me tell this story. I had a guy that, that I got real close with while I was in Bible school. Actually, he was there a year before me. He was a, his mother was Polish and his father was Russian. His last name was Vratoshnik. Vratoshnik. That sounds like Russian, doesn't it? Well, he was, he was true Russian, and he was there at Bible school. And I'm telling you, this guy had a passion for God on him. He was so bold with the kingdom of God. After he graduates from Bible school, he starts going back into the underground churches in Russia. He's in an underground church in Moscow that's running between 500 and 1,000. One night, he's up there on the platform getting ready to preach, and the doors open, and it's the KGB. He said 13 of them came in with machine guns. They walked right up to him, put a machine gun to his head, and they looked at the rest of the crowd and said, Listen, if you will get up and leave right now, you are free to go. If you don't, there's going to be consequences. 
He said about half the room left. Kind of sounds like Gideon in the, the army. They all leave and they walk around and they point machine guns at everybody for a little longer. And he, the, the leader says, I'm going to give you the rest of you one last chance. If you'll get up and leave right now, you can go freely. Get out. He said about half more of them got out. He said, then they shut the doors and locked them. And they said, now the rest of you, sit down. And Rudy said, they came up to me with a machine gun. And the head of it put it at my head for a second. And then he dropped it and he said, now tell us about this Jesus you know. Because he said, we just wanted to see the ones who knew who their true identity was. And I think about that right now. How many of us will love the Lord more than life? How many of us would say, you know what, I'm not going to live that way. I believe it's a place we've got to get to where we understand. My identity in Christ is forever. It's for eternity. Look with me in one more passage, Proverbs 23. Proverbs chapter 23. I can tell you this right now. God loves every one of us in this room. He wants us to all live as overcomers. He wants us all to live as more than conquerors. But it's all through Him. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as He thinks in His heart, so is He. As a man thinks within himself, so is he. As a man measures within himself, so is he. As a man assesses within himself, so is he. Once again, the question comes to this. Who do you think you are? See, you're not defined by what you've done in this life, whether good or bad. I've got to get to the place in this life where I'm defined by what Jesus has done for me. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I've been sanctified, just like you. I've been justified by the Lord today. And if we look at 2 Corinthians 5.17, he said, If any man be in Christ, those old things have passed away. Until I begin to see myself as that new creation reality, I'll continue to allow those things in my life, my failures, to label me. The things in my life that have dominated you. How many of you have had some things in your life that's tried to dominate you? I've had things in my life. Do you know what? I won't allow that to identify me. My identity now is in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation reality Him. I believe old things have passed away. And so before long, what Jesus does is not only He comes in and He saves you, He starts changing your nature. Where your nature starts reflecting Him. And He changes your nature, He changes your purpose. Your purpose wasn't just to be here 50, 60, 70, 80 years, go to work every day. Make a living. Now, that wasn't just your purpose. Our purpose was that of Gideon's. I got to go. I'm a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty man of valor, a mighty woman. I heard a guy say this the other day. He said, don't fight like a man. Fight like a man of God. That's a huge difference. Because when you fight like a man of God, you go to Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18, and you got to find out your armor, but you realize real quick, just like Gideon was, Part of my armor is knowing who I am in Christ and what I have in Christ. And so when the devil starts coming around, knocking on your door, telling you or reminding you, uh-uh, in the name of Jesus, that's not who I am. And one of the best things you can do when the devil starts reminding you of your past, tell him about his past. And you're able to say, you know who made the biggest mistake in the world? You did when you killed Jesus. 
because I'm a son of God. I'm an heir. But I've got to change my mindset, and I've got to change the way I think. And when I begin to do that, something happens on the inside of me. For years of my life, guys, I was identified by who I was before Christ. Not no more. Not no more. Now stand up with me. Praise the worship team, why don't you come back up here? You start finding Scripture, guys, and write it down until you get it in your heart where you start speaking it over your life. And this is what it looks like. When you start making daily affirmations, daily confessions about your life, and you start saying, I am a man of God. I am a man after your own likeness. I am a mighty man of valor. I am who you say I am. And part of it is this. You start believing that, you start speaking. I thank you today, Lord Jesus. I come under the blood that you're washing my tongues. You've washed my eyes. You've washed my spirit, my soul, and my body today. I thank you because of you, Lord Jesus. Not am I only forgiven. Whoo, I've been washed. I have been sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. I've been justified by the blood of the Lamb. Psalms 107 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So guess what I start? I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I say so. I've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death. I walk in life. I walk in divine health. And I walk in the prosperity of the Lord, spirit, soul, and body. I thank you today, Lord, that my life is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. I thank you that my whole family comes under the blood of the Lamb today. I thank you, Lord, you've blessed me. You've multiplied. You've made my name great. You've blessed me to be a blessing today. I thank you today that you've blessed me. You've enlarged my territory. Your hand is upon me. You keep me from evil and I cause no pain. And it goes on and on. I can keep going, guys. And I'm not saying, look at me. I'm just showing you that when you begin to identify with Christ in your life, it changes everything. Woo, I thank you today, Father God, your love has been shed abroad in my heart. I thank you today, you've purposed me today. I thank you today that you fill me with your zeal, your fervor, and your passion today. I thank you that you've blessed me in the city, coming in and going out. I thank you, you've blessed me, you're righteous, your favor surrounds me like a shield. I'm great today because Jesus in me makes me great. I live in a walk of the realm of the supernatural. I'm not a complainer, I'm grateful. I'm not easily offended and I repent quickly and quietly. See, guys, this is what I'm talking about. All I'm doing is telling you Scripture that I begin to quote out of my life daily. Daily. And I love to, to end with stuff like this. No weapon formed against me. No weapon formed against my wife, my kids, my marriage will prosper. No weapon uh, formed against the saints of Faith Christian Family Church will prosper. I thank you today, Father God, that I'm a mighty man of valor through you. I'm a warrior and a fighter for the kingdom of God. And I thank you today, Father God, make me into a great servant. Woo, hallelujah. I'm telling you guys, when I start doing that, you know what I sense rise in me? I sense faith begin to rise in me. And you know where it comes from? The Bible says, faith come by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The things I just spoke is the Word of God. Woo, nothing's impossible for my God. Nothing's impossible. Now, here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to have them sing the song, I Am Who He Says I Am. And maybe you've had some things that have tried to identify your life. That you said, that's that old man. 
I want you to come down to the altar today, not for my sake, but for yours, and say, you know what? I'm leaving that stuff down there today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave here today with who he says I am. I'm no longer identified as a failure. I'm no longer identified as, well, I, I'm a divorcee. That's not who God says you are. I'm no longer going to leave here identified by, well, I'm a drunk. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.